Howdy! This episode contains a little bit of flowery language, so if you've got the kiddos around, maybe uh, skip this one and go back to one that I don't say a bad word in. Also, spoilers ahead for The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear, and probably The Slow Regard of Silent Things. Welcome to Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast, the show where I analyze characters from Patrick Rothfuss's The Kingkiller Chronicle. My name is RJ, which stands for Rumpelstiltskin's Jockstrap. Thought about that one for quite a while. (laughs) And today I'm singing the third verse of the Lay of Sir Savian Tralliard, trooper style. Luckily, I don't have to hope someone at the Aeolian knows the part because I have found my Aeolian and unexpected next to me, she zooms, calling to me from the third circle. It's my good friend, Dallas. Hi, everyone. Hello. A huge member of, I'm sure, a burgeoning online fan club for the character we're going to talk about today. Denna. <laughs> Ever heard of her, King Killer fans? You may have heard of Denna. So, I hope so. I hope you all have uncorked your strawberry wine because there is a lot to talk about. Dallas and I have a seven-page Google document open because there's so much to say, theorize, wonder, and hope about Denna. Seven pages seems appropriate, as does the way I begin every episode with seven things we know about the character I'm profiling because seven, of course, is a very significant number in these books. So, Dallas, what do we know about Denna? Well, we do know from the end of Wise Man's Fear that she is learning Illish, Yilish, not work. I still haven't decided how I pronounce Illish. Eh, I, I don't even know if they know how to pronounce it anymore. Maybe they just <laughs> nod it down. <laughs> um, good point. <laughs> thank you. I always make good points. Uh, number two, Dennis sings well despite a lack of training and as far as we know, has been trained in the harp and in the lyre. Number three, she acquires a patron from whom she is receiving more than just financial benefit. Very true. Number four, she wears a knife and knows how to wield it. Number five, she wears a ring that contains a pale blue stone and she has a sort of nervous tick of spinning the ring idly. She maintains this habit once she loses possession of the ring in the wise man's sphere. Number six, Denna died briefly as a baby and she still has trouble breathing. She also mentions she has trouble sleeping because she has dreams. Very interesting. Number seven, she's writing slash has written a song about Lonre and Lyra, Lyra. And in the song, unlike Quoth's version of the song, Lonre is a hero. So, and while we were writing these, we realized that we really don't know that much about Denna. We, yeah, we don't and we do. We know like certain things, we can pick up on certain things, but like we don't know anything about her past. Nope. 
except just like assuming that it's been traumatic on some level. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as we're going to get into later, she doesn't really know much about Quoth either. Right. It's easy to forget that because we, everything that happens in the book is happening on his timeline from his point of view. So we, we know a lot about Quoth, but we forget that Denna doesn't necessarily have that experience of him. And his friends don't either. Right. Truly. Yeah, his friends just know he's broke and that he's true. <laughs> they don't even know how broke he is because I feel like Sim would offer to pay for things more if they really knew, you know? And uh, uh, Yeah, I think so too. I don't know though. Quoth, truly the Ron Weasley of his time. <laughs> Broken redheaded. Oh, oh Ron Weasley. <laughs> Except somehow like spectacularly good looking and every woman just like swoons when they see him. Which I find on un- I mean, I'm a redhead, so I get it, but I feel like anyway, never mind. I don't want to dig a hole. I'm I'm digging the hole, I'm not I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Digging the pit to kill in Canis. It's good. We need a hole. Now, before we get into our Denna theories, and we have a lot of them, Dallas and I are both going to talk about how we feel about Denna, how we relate to her, um, just what we think of her as a character. So since Dallas is my guest, I'm going to pull a cloth and try to be chivalrous and let her go first. The floor is yours. Well, thank you, my Savian. No. <laughs> so, I don't want to go too into this because, like, but I don't want to, like, word vomit my personal life. But my, I know a lot of quotes language around Dana is a bit problematic or a lot problematic. He objectifies her off, like, all the time, left and right. But my, still, to this day, my favorite passage is from the name of the wind the section it's in the interlude when he's introducing denna to the story officially because obviously we've already met her but we just don't know it and i'm just going to read that really quickly because it's my favorite passage ever and i just relate super hard to this passage and this is what hooked me in the book so as with all truly wild things care is necessary in approaching them stealth is useless wild things recognize stealth for what it is a lie and a trap while wild things might play games of stealth, and in doing so may even occasionally fall prey to stealth, they are never truly caught by it. So, with slow care rather than stealth, we must approach the subject of a certain woman. Her wildness is of such degree, I fear approaching her too quickly, even in a story. Should I move recklessly, I might startle even the idea of her into sudden flight. So, just that last sentence, I feel like just Rothfuss's power over the English language. Like he doesn't even use really flowery terms here in this particular instance. I just I feel like he described wild things to a T. I identify quite strongly with her because I I've been kind of a chaotic force of flightiness. I have been in some situations similar to Denna's on multiple occasions, so I'm very compassionate. I've like in college I dated a couple guys with money and well, obviously I cared for them. I know, like I realize now what I was doing, I was like, kind of using them as a leg up because I come from a very like poor, unclassy family to say it kindly. So like I 
know what it's like to want to date someone with money to gain cultural experience and like nicer things and fancy dinners, whatever. But then I also know what it's like to feel like obligated to give that person physical or emotional comfort because of the material comfort that they're giving you. And like, I had a really toxic relationship in college that basically culminated in disaster. He was rich and I was like, didn't want to be tied down to him. Anyway, I don't want to like go too deeply into that, but I just feel like Denna is very misunderstood because her, and a lot of her behavior probably is toxic, but she has a lot of really pure moments too. Like she really, really wanted Cloth to go with her to Annalyn. Like she really liked him. She, and like the flirting with Jocelyn, I'm like, maybe she was playing games like myself at that age probably would have been, but she, he was also being kind of a moody dick. So can you really blame her for just trying to like have fun on the rest of the trip? She cashes in her savings to buy him a loot case and obviously like sneaking into his room and stealing the loot was really creepy and inconsiderate, but I feel like the purity of the action can't be denied. And like in my current life, I'm an online sex worker. So I absolutely identify with using your beauty and your wit and your charm and your open-mindedness to kind of passion or just survive in these crazy times that we're living in. Wrapping this up, I just like, one thing that really bugs me about Dena, it's like so frustrating to me that she doesn't make her own move. Because for me, I'm like, if I were Dena, me and Quilt would have been making porn like on the road to Annalyn, just like straight up. But <laughs> she, she seems to have her own masculine toxic, like toxic masculine ideals. Like she's telling him, oh, you you need to push harder. But like, why can't she has a mouth? She has a will and a drive. Like she can make a move too. And I feel like she acts like such a strong, willful person most of the time. So it doesn't really make sense to me that she doesn't make a move unless like she doesn't want to. So that's why I think she probably was sexually abused. And I think maybe she doesn't want to spoil the safe place feeling that Cloak gives her. But it seems like that feeling kind of gets spoiled anyway toward the end of Wise Man's Fear. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I just feel like they both are like, they put so much effort and thought into one another all for it just to be like an idea more than an actual relationship. And it's, it's very frustrating. So TLDR, Denna is just a pretty woman trying to make her way in the world and stop hating on her. And if the book was written from her point of view, you would hate both too. A lot of people obviously have like pointed out both personality flaws, but like just as much everything he rejects her way more than she rejects him and I don't even want to get into that right now but yeah just cut my girl Dennis some slack she's a teenager and she's having a hard time so I thank you for sharing your life experience and your thoughts on Denna and I think what you said is very true and that if we did hear the book from her perspective, it would be totally different and we'd hate Quoth. And I think something people don't think about necessarily with Denna if they don't like her is how the trauma and how the experiences of her past shape her present. Like with all of us, things that happen to us when we're very young um, can echo 
throughout our entire life. So um, we definitely should cut Dennis some slack. Sometimes we need to cut Quoth some slack. But I think just because we're hearing from him what he thinks of her, um, we kind of get an... We definitely get a biased view of Denna because we right. just don't know. And he has so much entitlement. He's like literally the nice guy who's like, oh, I care about you. Therefore, you should do this for me. Except he won't say that to her. So he's even a coward about it. Like, it's like he thinks he understands her. So he's entitled to her. And then toward the end of Wise Man's Fear, he wants to even finance her lifestyle so that she doesn't have to like date random dudes. But so he would just be, I don't know, it's like his, I don't, I don't really see a universe where they could both be together. It's just super sad. But, and also I want to say that I don't think Denna is banging all these dudes because if she were banging them, she wouldn't need to leave as much as she does. Unless there's like some magical reason for her leaving, but which there might be. But if she's giving them what they want, then why? I mean, obviously, you know, so... But it's, you know, it's hard to say. I'm sure she does sometimes. Like, I've known people who are escorts and they've shared their experiences with me and they're like, yeah, you don't always do it. But if they're like rich and they're good looking, then why not? Or whatever, if you have rapport with them. So I feel like her, her job, whatever her job, for lack of a better word, is not as, I mean, it just, it just looks bad. I don't know if it necessarily is as bad. I mean, obviously, if you're trying to be in a monogamous relationship, her job is problematic, but. Right. But he, but he's not like, he's afraid this entire time to push anything with her. Like even to put his arm around her, let alone say, Hey, let's be in a relationship. Oh yeah. I just, uh, I guess while we're talking about this, I just like picture, I just picture the moment that she hears the Florian story and I, I, I just, feel like she wouldn't believe it at first she'd be like nah he wouldn't even put his arm around me there's no way he like banged Florian but then she just keeps hearing it and I feel like she would she just like that's I feel like in her psyche that's probably something that just replays over in her mind like he wouldn't even touch me let mm-hmm. alone so like but then he's out here doing all this stuff with all these other women like what does that mean so, well and we don't know what rumors spread about him before Felorian. Like, we know that before that, he hadn't had any sexual encounters, but there's no, I mean, and he doesn't mention any rumors, but it's quite possible that people were spreading rumors about him before, like, having sex with girls. Like, I mean, there's no way of knowing that's true, but for all we know, that that's what she's heard. And he sees Fella, or she sees Fella putting the cloak around him, and he hangs out with Fella on multiple occasions, sometimes in public, so, like, it would make sense if she assumes that, you know, they're dating or something. I don't Mm -hmm. know. And then I'm sure she obviously is self-conscious about the fact that she's always dating a dude, too, so it's like... I don't know. I think, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but reasons, like I said, that people don't like Denna is because we only get Quoth's side of her story and he doesn't even know her story. Right. And like, what's going on? And I, I think at first I saw Denna only like through his lens, 
But then the more times I've read this book, I've realized what she must think of him and the number of times that she says she comes looking for him or she wants to have dinner with him. Like, I don't know how many times because, well, I mean, part of it's because he doesn't know where she's staying, but she writes to him several times and asks for lunch or asks for dinner. And he, I don't really see him reciprocating that for her. He just kind of goes looking for her, hoping to find her. Right. And it's like on his time, he's like, oh yeah, I don't have class right now. So I guess I'll just go do that. Yeah. And I mean, she does kind of up and leave sometimes, but so does he. I mean, he disappears during Name of the Wind, leaves for Trayvund and finds her there. He, you know, up and leaves for Ventus and up and leaves Ventus for the Eld. So she can't always find him either because sometimes he's just unexplicably gone. Right. So I do think in that way and in some other ways that they mirror each other. Like not not in every way, but they're both musically gifted. They both know a number of the same plays. Um, and like I said, we're not sure why she travels, but she does admit she has to leave quick and quiet in the night as he does. Um, And as we were preparing for this pod, I was thinking of their disparate paths and remembering what Diok said, there aren't as many opportunities for women as for men in the world. And I asked, I've asked myself before, like Denna clearly in wise man's fear, especially has a desire to know information and know about magic. So why doesn't she just join the university? But I don't think that she'd really be able to because we don't know if there are people in the university who aren't sympathists. It seems like kind of anyone can be a sympathist with time and mental training. So I think part of the reason, I mean, definitely part of the reason Quoth accept, got accepted into the university was that he got kind of lucky. He knew Abanthi. He was able to sneak in and watch several hours of admission. Um, I don't think he would have gotten in. And he wouldn't have gotten in if they found out about that, obviously. No. Uh, Yeah, absolutely not. So, and we know that there aren't a lot of women in the university, and we know that it costs money. So I think that even if Denna wanted to go to the university... I don't think she would be able to because she doesn't have a letter from an arcanist. She, we don't know really her financial situation, but it doesn't seem like she has a lot of money and she's a woman, which I really think like woman, women in the arcanum have to be, you know, twice as good as the dudes to even get in. Um, so when or I just think be about extra rich yeah. or be, yeah, or be extra rich. So instead of, joining the university she makes connections where she can to get her meals room and board her money her access to information she's learning music which gets her access to a patron and with her patron she undergoes research into Landrain. she connects other stories so i was also thinking of 
like what Foth could would do if he hadn't been admitted to the university. Um, because I think then he'd kind of be in the same situation that Denna is. She ostensibly doesn't have a family. Um, again, ostensibly doesn't have much money. So she kind of just has to do what she has to. And I think if Foth couldn't get in by way of Abanthi and his silver tongue and the fact that he kind of cheated, like, I think he'd probably maybe have to do not, not the same things Zena does, but I think he would maybe become a traveling musician or um, somehow find a way to have a job where he can wander the world so he can try to search for the Chandrian and gain the knowledge he begins seeking at 12. I don't think he'd be happy at that point. And for what as- it's worth, I can totally see both coming across some like rich noble lady who's like willing to sugar mama his life. And I, I, I could see him doing that in this situation. Yeah. I think so. I think so too. So I think, I mean, when we're comparing Quoth and Denna, I think it's important to ask the question of like, what would Quoth do if he was in the same situation Denna was? I mean, in, you know, in Tarbian, he had to, he had to pick pockets and beg and everything, you know, like Denna, Denna, and even like, well, and again, with the, the gender of it all, Diok says, you know, what jobs are there for a woman? And Quoth is like, she could be a seamstress. She could blah, blah, blah. Be a server. She could be a server. And Diak points out that like, okay, those, those jobs, like you, if you're a woman, you still get abused. You probably still get over-sexualized all the time, you know? So even if Quoth didn't get into the university, I think by way of his gender, he would turn out better than than Denna. And I'm not saying she's, you know, turned out poorly, even though she says multiple times her life is a mess. I just think if the the situation was exactly the same, he would still turn out a little better just because he's a dude. Does that make sense? That's totally a good point. And like, absolutely. I was going to say, it doesn't have to be a sugar mama, like a gay noble. I could see both like gender bending and like, anyway, whatever. It's an alternate universe of both having to live on the streets and hustle. But I actually, when you were saying that, I thought of something about her patron. Like, I don't know if this is, obviously I just came up with this, but I can see her being like, hey, uh, so you know magic. Can you like teach me so I can get into the university and him just being like, oh no, sweetheart. The magic I know is way deeper than whatever garbage you're going to learn at the university. I can teach you to make things real by writing them down or whatever. And her just being like, okay, like she's kind of like taking a shortcut with her patron or so he probably leads her to believe. I don't know. I just made that up. Maybe it's not true. So now we have arrived at the time to plumb the deep minds of Dana questions, Dana theories, Dana speculation. There is so, there is so much here. I'm really excited. So let's just start off with, uh, you know what? None of these are simple questions. I'm not even, I'm not even going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like, Oh, let's start off with a simple question. None of these are simple. Dennis, not simple. We might never understand, but let's talk about something we've already alluded to. What is Dennis? What is Dennis motivation? 
And I think you had a, you had a great point here um, that I'm going to let you make. Oh, I just added this. to So it just occurred to me today that maybe Donna didn't know what her motivation was because the seven words that make her fall in love with quotes are, I was wondering what you're doing here. And she says she's been wondering that her whole life. And that doesn't necessarily mean that she doesn't have like a motivation, but it does mean that she is going through an existential crisis of some kind. And then I also remember the chapter horses when she's telling the other girl or she's asking the other girl, what do you want more than anything else? What do you want so badly that you'll pay anything to get it? And this implies that she, she knows exactly what that thing is for herself. But is this what, is this what you said? You, maybe she doesn't have a true purpose until she finds her patron and begins working on the song. Yeah, I said that. And that was kind of off what you um, had added or what you had added because it, it seems to me, if I can cut in here a bit, that maybe she, maybe she doesn't really know what her life's purpose is. And I think when she mentions to Quoth that, um, you know, the first thing he said to her was, I was just wondering what you're doing here. That was when they met in Rowan's caravan, like right at the beginning of their journey. And then when she is um, high on Ophalum, and she says, you know, I've been wondering that same thing myself. And then I think right after that, she tells us about how when she died shortly, like when she was um, when she was a baby. So she's just wondering if like her whole life has been meaningless or she's been searching for purpose. But I do think in the second book, she it just seems like maybe she has a little bit more direction and that could be from her patron because i believe she tells quoth that master ash um is having her i guess look into history or look into genealogy something like that for the for the landray story um and she goes to yill as well i think in the second book we either before or after we learn she goes to yill is when she shows up at the Aeolian and asks Quoth, Sim, and Will about a magic that is written down. So I'm wondering if somehow between book one and book two, she gets this motivation to either learn Yelish knots, which um, we both have some thoughts about, or some kind of motivation to find out a story. But I, I, I don't think she always has known what her life's purpose is, but it, it seems to me from that quote that, oh my God, I almost said quote. I almost said quote instead of quote. Oh my God. From that, from that quote, um, what do you want more than anything else? What do you want so badly you'll pay anything to get it? That implies to me she knows what's going on, but I don't think she's always known. Um, and I, I also think she, like, Quoth was, like, a survivor, the sole survivor of whatever semblance of family she did have. So maybe she's also just, like, wondering, why me? Like, why did I survive and they didn't? And Quoth never, I don't know if Quoth really, like, actually cognizes, like, expresses that specific thought. But I, I, I still have this headcanon that, like, something happened regarding the Chandrian or the Amir to her. So she's always been kind of on this mission to like find them too. 
but I, we obviously have no way of knowing if that's actually true. I just, I don't know why else she would be involved with a character like Master Ash, unless it's literally just to get a leg up in society, which I right. just feel like she's a deeper, I just feel like she's deeper than that. Right. But, and I, and I think she, he definitely offers her something that she, she wants. She says that. She's like, you think this is just about money? Well, it's not. Like, she doesn't say it just like that, but it's the gist of what she's saying, you know? <laughs> Yeah, she says something about, you know, I know more or Master Ash can tell me more than you're going to learn in your precious university. She says something like that. Right. Um, and I think both of us think that she's she's seeking some kind of information. And she's also, I feel like she is on some level running metaphorically from her past, but I don't really think she's running from an imminent threat. Oh yeah, this is going into the next bullet point, I guess. <laughs> I didn't see that. Or wait, yeah. No, it's the same one. So I don't think she's running like from an imminent threat, but except like whatever dude she was with, like getting too posy. But I do think she's a runner, as the cafe likes to say. Um, yeah. And I agree with you that she's seeking information. I wonder what to do. She does come back to Imre a lot, I notice. But then if the theory that that's where Bellany was is, then that's kind of like the centerfold of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we I know... I can't use the English, apparently. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, me either. Uh, maybe we're speaking a Turin, but I think there's, there's definitely theories out there that the university was built on the ruins of some old city, which is very possibly Bellin. Right. But, and this is getting off of our list, but so do you think Denna is like fully human? Or do you think like if she's continuously coming back to Bellin, like that she's Faye or that she's like, you know, fucking immortal or something? I do think she's human, but I, I think Quoth has a little bit of Faye in him even before, um, even before, because even before Florian and Denna could too, but I don't think she's like the moon or we're going to talk about that later, but I don't know though. Cause then I have my tinfoil that we're going to talk about later. That's not actually a real tinfoil, but it's fun. You can bring that tinfoil in at any time. Okay, Cause we were, I guess I was talking about the Illish knots. So let's just segue to that real quick. And then yeah. we'll talk about that. So why is she learning Illish knots? Is it really why? Like I, the only thing I could come up with is that she's trying to manipulate reality in her favor, or just manipulate reality. Possibly she has Illish roots. Maybe I, I have a headcanon about that. But do you have any ideas why she's doing this? I don't really, because it's interesting, and I want to bring up the point again that I guess we don't specifically know about Yilish knots until book two. And I think that there are some people, um, it might be the folks over on page of the wind who kind of try to note every time Denna plays with her hair. Um, so if she is, see, I don't know. Oh. Like, I don't, I don't know if we can trace 
her using her hair to manipulate people all the way back through book one. It seems more of a book two thing. But I definitely, I feel like when any theory about Yelish Knott starts to take place is when she approaches Will Simmons in book two and asks about like a kind of magic that's written down. And Yelish Knott's are not necessarily written, written down. down, but they are... Right wordless but also sigildry is a type of magic that's written down right Ooh, totally is it totally is um so i don't i don't really know i mean if we're thinking about manipulating reality in her favor like for someone who doesn't know much about magic like that is some pretty like that's a pretty big understanding you know? Yeah, I guess it's a good point. But, so, so no, like, I don't really know. But then if she's doing all this research into Wanre, maybe she knows about the lockless box. Maybe, I don't know. Actually, we're getting down the rabbit hole. I am more than happy to go down the rabbit hole. What's your headcanon about her and Yellow ancestry? I just have, like, real quick, I just have a headcanon that maybe she has Yelish roots. Like, maybe she, someone in her family was Yelish, like her mother or her father. And, but they, like, probably didn't know much about that. But, you know, Quoth is very obsessed with being an Edamaru, so maybe she has, like, the equivalent of that, but Yelish. But who knows? I feel like I literally just pulled it out of my ass. Kind of, well, we don't. Because she's worth we don't know much about the Yelish people. And I think either Diok or Stanchion thinks Quoth might be Yelish because of his hair. Um, but they certainly, they're interesting. I wish we'd know more, a little more about them. I hope we'll find out more. Yeah. Um, about the Yelish not so, like, she has lovely written in her hair, right? And she's, like, totally embarrassed and kind of, like, annoyed when Quoth finds it. She's like, is there anything this guy doesn't know? But not only that, it's like, it's like she said, how would you feel if you had a sign that nobody else could read that said charming, dashing, handsome, mm -hmm. and then someone read it? Like, so my tinfoil, and obviously this is not a real theory. I don't think this is true. It's just more like for funsies. But so anyone who's familiar with the song License Fire knows Melisandre, the fire blood magic practicing witch. She is, you find out in season six that she is actually not a young, beautiful woman, but actually a really old, ancient looking woman. So, and she uses her ruby as a glamour to maintain like the appearance of being young and beautiful. So maybe Dunna is actually a decrepit old woman and she uses the lovely in her hair to say young and beautiful. No. I don't actually think that's true, but I just wanted to mention it because it like came up when I was spitballing. So anyone who's into tinfoil. I mean, that would be, that's a really theories. good note. You're welcome. No, that's a really good note for people who think that Denna is Faye or that Denna is, you know, somehow like old or like even a time traveler or something like that, that the Yelish knots help her maintain that glamour.
I like. I mean, I like that. I think yeah. at this point, it it's be been true, nine too. years. It could be true. It's been nine years since the last book, so we've had plenty of time to let these theories foment in our brains. Mm-hmm. And that um makes me beg the question: talking about Denna's age is is how old is she really? Like, is she truly a teenager? Has she spent some time in Fae? Is she immortal? I don't think either of us subscribe to that theory, but we might as well say it. I mean, how old is she? Yeah, I think Rothfuss says, like, explicitly that she's a few years older than Quoth. So, I guess. How old is Quoth by the end of Wiseman's? He's 17 by the end of Wiseman's? He is. Okay, so that would put her at, like, I guess, 18 to 21, right? Maybe mm-hmm. 22. Um, I, if, she's, if she is, like, the age that she, bio, that she physically and biologically appears to be. But I, I, I think the, the idea that she maybe has spent some time to stay is really interesting and viable. Yeah, I she think just, she has so many secrets. I think because when Quoth sees her again um, at the Aeolian for the first time after he saw her on the road, he says that she looks very different and we know that, you know, she chooses a different name. But, I mean, six months is a long time when you're young, even if, you know, say he's 15 then and she's 17 or 18. Like someone could look very different, especially if in, they're in different clothes. But right. And she probably doesn't have any makeup on when she, he meets her. And she's probably like made up with her hair fancy. Like she probably just has a messy braid when he meets her versus mm-hmm. like dolled up for the town. So. Right. And there's, and when he talks to Dioc, he says that he's known her for a little while, but that she doesn't seem any older than when he first met her like a year or so ago. Um, And that makes me think of there's this line from Dioc that Stanchion teases him about going after a girl half his age. And Quoth surmises that Dioc's maybe about 30. So if that is true and Denna really is half his age, like, that means she's 16, 17 if he's like 32, 33, and that's just kind of gross. Like, no matter what the norms are, like, right. that, there's a lot going on there. So, right. And I know the past request was like, was there a Denna Diog Tanchian sandwich? It's kind of, I just, anyway, never mind. There probably wasn't. And, but yeah. No, yeah, and, and I, yeah. Diog seems to acknowledge that he was like, kind of in the wrong for pursuing her sexually. I feel like mm-hmm. maybe kind of. No, I, I think he was. And w- uh, some other time we can have a chat about how the gay male characters in this story are represented. Or the right, bi male about, characters in this story the way, are represented. They're like, they're like wearing a sign. It's like, we are gay. We are in this book. We exist. Anyway. We, we exist and we're polyamorous. <laughs> Right. And, and there, I just, I just got, yeah, like my sister who's in a monogamous relationship with a woman, like, yes, all gay people are polyamorous. Totally. No. 
anyway. Well, the, but there's also this scene in Name of the Wind when he goes looking for Denna and the Aeolian and he gets to the third level and there's this couple there and he thinks that it's a guy and a girl, but it's these two guys and the one like hits on him. And it's implied that this is a gay couple like chasing after Quoth. So I am not trying, I am not anti polygamy in any sense, but I'm not sure why Rothfuss chose to have the only mention of gay representation really be two polygamous couples that like go after young people like that just seems to send the wrong message to me right i don't i don't know if you remember that other couple but they like yeah. stick out to me as someone who is always looking for gays did that is that in that's his first time at the aeolian or is that a different time I, I that is his first time yeah that's when he go he goes looking for Denna after they sing together and he finds this young couple and that he thinks one of them's a girl, but they're both dudes and the one like makes a pass at him. Damn. Yeah. It just doesn't quite go well for me. No, I can definitely see that. And like there are so many good like Bella Mola Devi fanfics and I'm like mm. all for more girl on girl representation. Like give me all the girl on girl fanfics. No. Um, but, I mean, please do. And we, Debbie makes a comment that suggests she's bisexual. So I'm happy about that. We so at least does get Denna. Something. Like she says, she says Stanchian and uh, Will or whatever are lucky for being bisexual. That, make, that makes me think, I feel like Denna's bisexual too. And that's my headcanon. And when her and Quilp don't work out, I have a theory that she just, like, or I have a hope that she just, like, meets a nice woman and they settle down and, like, live their lives. But whatever. She's probably going to die. Anyway. I mean, Quoth's a mess, so I really hope she does end up with, with a nice woman. I'm going to try and segue nicely in talking about men that Denna is involved with yeah. and go to the question of the patron, Master Ash, have we met him in the story or have we yet to meet him? Um, I feel like it only makes sense if we've met him. I feel like yeah. that's just like a literary trope. We've met him. He's in our face. But maybe Pat is like, yeah, the internet is too smart now. So you have to, I don't know. But I feel like we've met him. And I feel yeah. like a cinder. And that was my initial gut instinct and then I was like no that's too cheesy and then I came back full circle and I still now think it's cinder but I would love to hear your thoughts well there are there are ties with um there are definitely ties with cinder in that um he's described as having white hair as being old and then the whole tie with the Cathaya telling Quoth that Master Ash beats Denna with his walking stick, and we know that Cinder's true name, I believe, is Ferula, which is what Haliax calls him. And uh, I'm pretty sure a Ferula is like a wooden rod. Oh, wow. So there, there is the um, the connection with a stick, the connection with cruelty, 
the connection with being a graceful person. I think Dennis says her patron is a surprisingly good dancer, but that also connects him to Braden, who says he's been teaching dancing lessons. We know Braden's older. He has white hair. He, he carries a around stick. a stick. Yeah. He has dark eyes. I feel like if Cinder were to put on a human glamour, he would look quite like Brayden. Brayden just doesn't seem to lack this, it doesn't have the sadistic creepiness that Cinder has. But again, if you're like cosplaying in real life, then sure. presumably Cinder is an ancient, infinite being. He probably knows how to act like a normal human when he has to do the normal human thing. But, like, when he's with his homies, the Chandrian, he can just be a psycho, you know? <laughs> or when he's, like, running a bandit operation. <laughs> like, Well, and he teaches Quoth Tack, which is a very old game, when we know that because Florian knows how to play it. But he, he talks about um, playing a beautiful game, and he says something to Quoth which kind of gives me chills when I read it because they're talking about the game and, and Braden says something like, I think I'm really going to enjoy playing with you. Something like that sounds kind of creepy. Um, I think, and I just think it would be such a shock if this dude that he's spent so much time with and befriended is actually Cinder. Yes. And like, like the one Ooh. guy that he liked and like, that would just be like Brayden playing with his food before he eats it too. Brayden slash Cinder. Like, I feel like that's the sadistic part of Brayden's character. We just, that hasn't been revealed yet. Yeah. I, man, I think that the pieces do fit. I, I don't necessarily believe that Master Ash is both Cinder and Brayden. Um, but I think it's one or the other, and I think it depends on the day which one I think it is. Um, right, that's why I just think it's both, because it's just easier to consolidate it. But I see the flaws with it being both. And then there's the whole Brayden didn't exist when Patrick Rothness first wrote the story. So but I feel like that's kind of false logic. Well, yeah, and I actually, I wasn't aware of that. Is that from an interview or something like that? Yeah, Vich both Vachette wasn't a character, and neither was Brayden. So they were both like gardenings do you know do you know the concept of being a gardener as a writer like no where you just like so like george r martin also says he's a gardener so that's what like there are writers who have like the full architecture laid out and like they just they know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen and then there are writers who have a basic idea and they just kind of let their hmm. creation grow naturally and that's what i think rothless is more of a gardener from what i've mm -hmm. seen so that's why Braden and vachette were like invented later on rather than like being oc you know didn't ari not exist in the first draft oh i don't that know correct? i love ari but like i just it, it bothers me that everyone loves ari and everyone hates denna because ari is way more of a manic pixie dream girl than denna is but anyway that's I, that's I fair i hadn't really she's thought literally about like manic that. and she's literally a pixie and she's dreamy like anyway it's all of it. It's all of it together. Is there anything else you want to say about Dennis Patron? I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there is. There's just so much to cover. Yeah, so yeah, clearly he's using her. So if he is Cinder, it would make sense that her song tells Lonre the story of being a hero. 
Yes. But like to what end? Because if the Chandrian don't like songs written about them, why would they take on? But Cinder also kind of does his own thing. It seems like Haliax has like the ground rules and Cinder's like, yeah, cool, but I do what I want. So like to what end is this, all of this going, you know? Well, I was going to say, if the story paints Lanray as the hero, there's probably no mention of Haliax in Dennis' song. Yeah. So if, if yeah, for me, it's like if the Chandrian don't want songs written about them and people die over such songs, why would Cinder have her, or Master Ash be having her write a song about the Chandrian? But mm-hmm. I guess it's, so, and then why would he be teaching her, like, did he teach her about the magic that, I feel like it had to have been him telling her about the magic of writing things down i mean and it it could be that cinder's kept an eye on quoth and knows and has you know been watching this entire time and has seen quoth and denna get close and so you know worms his way into denna's life and is trying to make her you know do things that will undo quoth i think that's possible I absolutely think Denna's going to end up being the betrayer, but I don't think she's going to be betraying him intentionally. I think it's going to be a classic example of looks bad, and then he acts a certain way because of what he thinks is the situation, and then everything hits the fan. I think so, too. mm -hmm. Because their whole relationship is looks bad, isn't actually as bad as it looks. Yeah, and just operating in secret, and she thinks that this patron i mean and and she also mentions to quoth again like we said the the education she's getting from master ash the knowledge she's getting so either he's leading her to something that she's always wanted or he's making her he's leading towards something that he wants her to know or he wants to find out himself and has kind of made her believe that it's what she wants to. Right. But then I'm like, is Denna that naive? But I don't know. No, I don't think so. She's she's probably getting something out of the arrangement. Right. But we just don't know what it is. And the whole issue of him beating her. Like, yeah. the cafe mentions actual bruises. So, but then the whole theory about it being cat. Yeah, I'm even though I think it's an interesting theory, I'm more inclined to believe that it's true because she does I mean, Quoth does see bruises on her not only <laughs> in um Traven, but when they're in Severn too, he sees old And bruises. she lies about them. She's like, "Oh, I don't have a bruise." And he she like gets caught in a lie. Yeah, she's so. like, "I fell off my horse." Or like, "I hit yeah. a tree." And he's like, "I'm not talking about that bruise." Well, folks, at this point in the recording, the real world called Dallas and I both away for a little bit, as it tends to do. But never fear, we are nowhere near done talking about Denna. So I hope you'll join us next time on Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast as we continue talking about the love of Poth's life. I hope everyone's doing well, that you're safe, happy, and healthy. Until next time, may all your stories be glad ones and your roads be smooth and short.